This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And we are watching the real-life Tony Stark at his Tesla Artificial Intelligence Day 2022 event, which took place on Friday. And so, folks, we are watching this because... We need to understand that the technocratic transhumanist movement is on the march. They send out all the players, all hands on deck. They've got the real-life Tony Stark out there, Elon Musk, and his job is to further normalize, humanize, and desensitize. That's his job, folks. You know it, I know it, spread the word. People should not be falling in love with this man. He's a government front man, a welfare queen, and his job is to normalize and make this technology hip and cool. And that's why they send him out there on Joe Rogan Experience and such to make the replacement of humanity hip and cool. All right, I'm going to continue with this video. And uh, what I've decided to do over the break, just to let you in on it, folks, on these show notes I have over here. Uh, let me show you if you're in the video audience. I have lots of show notes. Just so you know, I don't get these from the CIA or anything. These are my show notes, folks. I've got another pad over here. This was from the first 50 episodes. And so these are all my notes from all the shows. As you see, I doodle sometimes during the show, too. But, um, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave the um, Left to Boom podcast with Drs. Peter Emanuel and Diane DeUlius until the top of the next show. And I want to do that because there's some very important uh, revelations in there, and I don't want to bury them in the bottom of the show. So we're going to finish up with this um, Elon Musk piece, and then... Hopefully, I can get over to the World Economic Forum stuff that I cut up, and I'll be able to show you that because it ties in together. But let's watch this right now. So the robot just got done walking. I've just got the volume down so I can talk through this. Elon Musk is standing there with the engineers. They're watching the robot walk backstage, and so he's getting ready to talk about the next part. The robot can actually do a lot more than we just showed you. We just didn't want it to fall on its face. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll show you some videos now of the robot doing a bunch of other things. Um, 
Yeah, which are less risky. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is important. This is what I want you to see. So they're going to show the robot uh, doing um, other activities other than just walking around and waving on the stage. So let's take a look at what they had the robot do. We should close the screen, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so they're having the robot pick up a box off of a shelf in a warehouse, and then you're seeing a sort of a schematic uh, view from the robot's eyes, and he'll explain that momentarily. I don't want to take the wind out of his sails, folks. Yeah, we wanted to show a little bit more what we've done over the past few months with the bot, and just walking around and dancing on stage. Uh, all right, so the robot's carrying the cardboard box and then it's putting it down on a desk in an office. Just humble beginnings, but uh, you can see the autopilot neural networks running as is, just retrained for the bot uh, directly on that on that new platform. That's yeah. my watering can. Yeah, when you when you see a rendered view, that's that's the robot. What's the that's the world the robot sees. Okay, okay, so let me pause that for a second so I can explain it. So now they're showing the robot picking up a watering can and watering the flowers. But uh, every once in a while it goes to a schematic view, like a rendered sort of CGI 3D rendered version of the room that the robot is walking around in from the robot's perspective. So the robot is seeing, supposedly, the robot is seeing a real-time 3D rendered 3D scan, 3D rendered view of the environment that it's in. And I just want you to take note of this and pay careful attention to this because this idea of there being both the natural life world, the room that it's in, and then the cyber 3D rendered version of the room that the robot sees is very important because what that's going to connect to later is back to what we discussed in detail on the show reviewed with you over several episodes is the metaverse right the cyber world the second life the second world and so um all right let's continue this but just take note of that take note of that that there's two worlds in this room the real world and the robot's view of the world so it's it's very clearly identifying objects like this is the object it should pick up picking it up um yeah okay again you're seeing the 3d rendered the version same process as we did for autopilot to collect data and train neural networks that we didn't deploy on the robot uh, that's Okay, so what the engineer is saying is they're using basically the same technology that they use inside of the Tesla to create a 3D rendered version of the world uh, for the robot to then interact with. It's an example that illustrates the upper body a little bit more. And Something that we'll like, try to nail down in a few months, over the next few months, I would say, uh, to perfection. This, this is really an actual station in the Fremont factory as well that it's working at. Yep. So. Yay! Yay! Let's engineer humanity out of existence. Yay! Yay! That's not the only thing we have to show today, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, that, 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 uh, what you saw was uh, what we call Bumble C. That's our uh, uh, sort of rough development robot uh, using semi off the shelf actuators. Um, but we actually uh, have gone a step further than that uh, already. The team's done an incredible job 
Um, and we actually have uh, an Optimus bot with uh, fully Tesla-designed and built actuators, um, battery pack, uh, control system, everything. Um, it, it, it wasn't quite ready to walk, uh, but it, I think it will walk in a few weeks. Um, but we wanted to show you the, the robot, uh, the, 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 something that's actually fairly close to what will go into production and, um, and show you all, all the things it can do. So let's bring it out. Okay, so now they're going to bring out the skinned robot. Okay, so there's a team of engineers that are moving it out on the stage because it can't supposedly walk on its own yet. But as he said, within a couple of weeks, it should be able to walk. Now, look, I have no reason to believe that this thing will not be fully operational soon. I think, frankly, it is actually a lot lower level tech than uh, people would imagine. But this is all part of the normalization of putting robots amongst us and then getting used to the fact that we live in the movie Artificial Intelligence AI. All right, so they have the robot so out on the stage. Uh, Optimus with, uh, th th these are the, with, the, with the degrees of freedom that we expect to have in Optimus Production Unit 1, uh, which is the ability to move uh, all the fingers independently, uh, move the, uh, to have the, the thumb have uh, two degrees of freedom, uh, so it has opposable thumbs, and uh, both left and right hand, so it's able to operate uh, tools and do useful things. Our goal is to make um, a, a useful humanoid robot as quickly as possible. And uh, we've also designed it using the same discipline that we use in designing the car, which is to say to, to design it for manufacturing uh, such that it's possible to make the robot at, in, in high volume uh, at low cost uh, with high reliability. So that, that's incredibly important. I mean, you've all seen very impressive humanoid uh, robot demonstrations, um, and that, that's great, but what are they missing? Um, they're missing a brain. They, they, don't, they don't have the, the intelligence to navigate. Okay, so what he's talking about now as the creepy Iron Patriot uh, robot stands on the stage in the middle of the two hands, the robot hands coming together making the heart shape, the robot's in the center of those with the team engineers around it. He's talking about the ability to mass produce these robots and he said you've seen impressive humanoid robots as you guys have seen in other demonstrations um but he's saying like they can they look really cool they can do a lot of really cool stuff but they can't be mass produced at a lower cost and they're lacking certain things like the brain that he wants to put inside of it let's continue the world uh, by themselves and they're, they're also very expensive um, and made in low volume um, whereas uh, this, this is, Optimus is designed to be an extremely capable robot, but made in, in very high volume, probably ultimately millions of units, um, and it, it, it is expected to cost much less than a car. I'll just bring so, it directly to the right here. Uh, I would say probably less than $20,000. Okay, so now he's developing the humanoid robot that they already showed doing the task of a human, like picking up boxes in a warehouse and delivering them to an office and watering flowers and such. So you get the idea that it's already being marketed as a tool to replace humans in blue-collar work. All right. So eventually, you know, they'll be in a grocery store. Eventually, they'll be working in a restaurant.
And so now he's saying that he wants to be able to manufacture millions of these at a cost of under $20,000, meaning that if you took a restaurant owner and you told them, listen, you pay a waiter, whatever it is, $3 an hour or something, right? 40 hours a week, that's $120, you know, multiplied over a year. That's what, like, um, you know, six grand. Well, this robot, let's say, can do three times the work of one of your waiters. So that'll be $20,000. So it pay off, it pays for itself in one year. And that's how you start to engineer humans out of the workforce. All right, let's continue. We'll be my guest. Yeah, they're happy about that. Yay, engineer humans out of the workforce. Yay, bye-bye humans. The, the potential for Optimus is, I think, appreciated by very few people. <laughs> All right, they're wheeling it off the stage. Now, he goes into a lot of other stuff that I'm not going to cover on this show, at least not on this episode, because it's just, um, you know, again, it's three hours of material. So you can go look for that. Just look up Tesla AI Day. But let me just make the point here, folks, because we started off the show talking about the restaurant using the pay at your table app, the beginning of pushing the restaurant workers out. For those of you who have been paying attention to politics in any way whatsoever over the last 20 years, first they started to say that the illegal aliens that they were bringing into this country via the southern border coming up from South America, Central America, Mexico, they were saying that they were taking the jobs Americans did not want to do. So Americans no longer wanted to pick vegetables. Americans no longer wanted to wash dishes. And then eventually it became Americans no longer wanted to mow lawns. Nobody wanted to own a landscaping company anymore. Then it became Americans no longer wanted to build houses and do roofing. Then it became Americans no longer wanted to do electrical and plumbing. Americans no longer wanted to be a line cook at a restaurant. Americans no longer wanted to be a chef. And before you know it, Americans no longer wanted to clean hotel rooms. Americans no longer wanted to be babysitters. Americans no longer wanted to be nannies. Americans no longer wanted to walk dogs. Americans no longer wanted to do any of this stuff. But now... Now you see what the next push is. It's not that Americans don't want to do it. It's that humans don't want to do it. And so now the humans, including all of those illegal aliens we brought in who were slaves for a short period of time in this country, people working for less than the minimum wage, minimum wage that the politicians fought to put into place, but then de facto allowed employers to have slaves because those people were working under the table and under the threat of being deported, in many cases by the employer who was hiring them, talking out of one side of his mouth saying he loved them. On the other hand, threatening them and forcing them to live in flop houses with 25 of them. Uh, don't even get me into all that. I did investigative journalism on that topic years ago. But now even those people are going to replaced, be replaced by the robots. And this is it. This is Tony Stark up on the stage telling you that you're going to be replaced 
for a robot that costs less than $20,000. The jobs that humans no longer want to do. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You know what, folks? This is a job that one human wants to do. I want to sit here and be the one to tell you about what these technocratic, transhumanist, Frankenstein doctors, scientists, and engineers are up to. I want to be the person to awaken humanity to their demise so that they could stand up and fight back against this, so that you can withdraw from the system, so that you can just say no, so that you can tell them, we don't want humanoid robots, we want humans. And unfortunately... For many of us, we're going to have to suck it up, and we're probably going to have to reach out to people that we would normally see as our enemies in the traditional political arena, people that we think, maybe we could wake up to this. Maybe there are people who we normally wouldn't agree with on political issues or over Trump versus Biden or Coke versus Pepsi, but who probably aren't for the engineering of humanity out of existence. Maybe we can make them see that genocide is just over the mountaintop coming at us, that they're sending out Musk and Peter Thiel and others to push this stuff. And now you know you have facts that you can point people to that the government, that the military, that the intelligence community, that the state, in cooperation with its state extensions, its partners like the universities and the so-called private companies, are working to engineer us out of existence. I can't make that any clearer for you. Folks, this stuff is for real. So what I want to do now is I'm going to show you a couple of clips I pulled out because it will really tie together um, what we just saw from Peter Thiel. So right now we're looking at this World Economic Forum conference, and this is from May 2022. And the key person I'm going to focus on here, because there's some clips of him floating around um, on Twitter, but I want to show you three key parts I found, and eventually we'll analyze this entire conference. It's been on my radar, but this is um, Pekka Lundmark. He's the CEO of Nokia. And so there's three key moments, again, that I want to focus on here. All right, well, let's play the first one. Hub. Super cool. All right, let's talk about the industrial metaverse because 24 minutes ago I said I was going to just have a slight diversion and then bring you back. What is the industrial metaverse? Is the industrial metaverse and you have legs? 
In industrial metaverse is actually an industrial version of what, what we what we just heard. So to make it make it very simple, on the consumer side, I mean, you have all these augmented reality things, and that that we are that we are working on. On the industrial side, it means that that first of all, everything that makes sense to connect will be connected. But not only that, there will be a physical world, and then there will be a digital world. All right, let's pause for a second, folks. So everything that makes sense to connect will be connected and he's talking about this uh, industrial metaverse so what is it when everything that makes sense to be connected will be connected that is internet of things internet of bodies internet of everything right so that's the smart products that is the wearables that is humans themselves through brain chips and other sets of technologies we're learning about from not just elon musk but now from the military okay and now he just said that there will be and i'm going to back this up for a second so you can hear it there will be a digital world of everything all right let's play that again on on the industrial side it means that that first of all everything that makes sense to connect will be connected but not only that there will be a physical world and then there will be a digital world a physical world and a digital world. So what did we just watch with the Elon Musk piece? I told you it was very important. I said to pay attention to the view that the robot had. Its ability, just like the Tesla car, to scan the environment around them and create a 3D model of that world in real time. You know when you go on Google Earth, I don't know if anyone's actually played with Google Earth, you're probably just on Google Maps, but Google Earth has been around forever. And people have built models of all the real buildings around the world inside of Google Earth. Okay, so there is this digital version of the real world. And so he's talking about everything. Again, this is Pekka Lundmark. CEO of Nokia, talking about the digital world and the real world. All right, let's continue. Well, there will be pretty much a digital twin of everything out there on the industrial side. And what that has mean in practice. There will be a digital twin of everything. And now you're seeing through the Bruce Willis piece I showed you that they are now normalizing the term digital twin, of which we showed you from AI Foundation uh, quite a while ago that this has been in the works. So you're listening now to this speech at the World Economic Forum, this conference, where Lundmark, the CEO of Nokia, is telling you there will be a digital twin of everything. And then just the other day, you have Elon Musk roll the Optimus robot out on the stage, and they show how it has this real-time scanning technology that creates a digital twin of everything through its own eyes. Let's continue. It means that a lot of the work that is currently done in the physical world will actually be modeled and sometimes implemented in the digital world. Predictive maintenance has been discussed for a long time, but now with the help of industrial metaverse that will get significantly more advanced. We will know when the machines will fail, but not only that, the maintenance technicians will have direct real-time access through the digital world into those machines, and they will get trained in that world. Also, imagine a what would be a good example? A nuclear power plant maintenance uh, engineer. It's a very complicated environment. That whole training 
onboarding and all of that can be done in the digital world and they will be able to train all kinds of failure situations with the digital twin before they go actually into the physical world. Could it, okay, so nuclear power plant fails, it's a disaster, you don't want to go in, radiation is leaking, not a good right right so now this guy is going to sell this digital twinning and the industrial metaverse to you by telling you they'll have a 3d model a digital twin of an entire let's say nuclear power plant so that you could train inside of the simulation before you go work on the real one right you you believe that correct because before this existed no one could train no one was able to train in the real world. They could only train inside of the cyber world, inside of the industrial metaverse. Do you understand that? No, folks. No, folks. It will be replaced by the robots like Elon Musk is building. For less than $20,000, you can have the robot go in and do the maintenance in the power plant. You don't need to train a human to do it inside of the metaverse and then then put them to work in the power plant i mean it, it's so obvious at this point when you look at all of the the data coming out from different places and connect it like i try to do here try to filter out the noise listen to the signal put those pieces together as we try to do on the dust and gold standard you can see exactly what they're doing all of the players are here this is why i say all hands on deck all of the technocratic transhumanists are working on it and all hands of the robot form the shape of the heart you will love the humanoid robot all right let's continue with this clip situation but you want to prevent that so yes but let's say it happens is it conceivable that in the future you will have such a good digital twin that you'll be able to go into the metaverse into a virtual reality world turn a dial, pull a switch, feel around, and actually change it in the real oh, abso plant? Absolutely, absolutely. And this is not, this is not far, far off. I mean, the physical and the digital worlds, they will grow together. And the result is exactly what you just said. Okay. Do you hear that, folks? So they, he just admitted that the digital and the physical worlds will be one. Will be one. It will all be fused together. You'll be able to go into the matrix, supposedly touch something, and affect it in the real world. This is now, Nick. I mean, like we work with uh, National Grid, which is a utility company. It's dangerous to send people out there. You have a Boston Dynamics robot with our AI on the back end going to fix power lines. One of the LNG terminals in Australia has uh, robots in there because it's dangerous for humans to go in, and they go in and they'll turn dials. Now, it is, I'll say, augmented. It's not completely autonomous. So the robot is feeding camera signals, other signals back uh, to an operator or an engineer. They're telling the robot what to do. But the AI is also making recommendations of what to do. So see, see this? You see this? So now this guy jumps in and he says it's already being done. Now, the robots aren't completely autonomous as where Musk would like to get them or at least the technology that he sent out there to normalize and humanize. But they're saying they're already using robots that humans are controlling from a control room, but the robots can also make suggestions. You see, folks, this is the replacement of humanity. Uh, how do we be any more clear with this? Please suggest to me at goldapain.tv. How can we be more clear with this? All right, let's just continue with this clip. This is now. This seems extremely cool. Okay, it's let's happening now, even in the data center space. It's <laughs> augmented reality. We use it all the time to repair systems. So let's talk a little about...
Okay, so there you go. Now, they're openly talking about it. It's being used, this augmented system. That's where a human can control the robot, but eventually the goal is to have the robot be autonomous, meaning it can operate on its own. Okay, and so right now when you're looking at the fusion of the human and the robot, you're coming together with the concept of singularity, the merger of man and machine. But I'm telling you, the next goal when they have the autonomous robot that can act on its own and has its own brain as Musk is trying to do, then you've moved into the replacement of humanity. And is that not what I keep ending the show with every time? The engineering of humanity out of existence? I mean, do you really think that this is being done to offer us more liberty and freedom and human autonomy? Is this being done so that we could lay back on our bed and eat bonbons while our digital twin does all the heavy lifting, while our humanoid robot extension does all of the work? Do you really think the technocratic transhumanists are building this matrix prison planet, this metaverse, this industrial metaverse? Are they doing this to allow you and I to have more time to spend with our child. Our child that within five or 10 years would have been designed off an Amazon.com and grown inside of a synthetic womb and then dropped off to us by a gig worker, which will at that point be replaced by an autonomous vehicle with a robot that gets out and leaves a package at your door. Do you really think they're doing that for us? Do you really think that if they have a world that's run by artificial intelligence and optimist humanoid robots doing all the work that we, the useless humans that you've all know Harari talks about, that we, the hackable animals, that they are actively looking to engineer into more perfect beings, do you really believe they're going to turn us into perfect beings and that the robots and the AI will do the heavy lifting while we sit around and do nothing? Do you honestly believe that that is what technocratic transhumanism is all about? Do you seriously think that we are not being written out of the equation? If they have robots and AI that they totally 100% control, those are their actual slaves on the plantation, planet Earth, that they need us in their way. They say that we pollute. They say that we consume too much food. They say that we are annoying and we jam up the highways. So what do you think they're going to have us do in this magical artificial intelligence metaverse utopia that they're building? What do you think our role as humans are going to be? What do you think they're going to do with us if they can complete this? If they can replace cashiers with robots, if they can replace waiters with robots, if they can replace office workers with robots, if they can replace actors with digital twins, if all of this can be done, where does the human end up? We are nothing to them. They wouldn't be attempting to streamline the way that the world works if they didn't think that we were a problem. They believe we are inefficient. They believe we are ineffective. They believe we are a nuisance. 
And so they're actively building the world that they're going to replace us with. And in the meantime, what do we do? We sit there and we cheer on Tony Stark. Yay! Yay, the Optimus robot. It can do everything I can do for $20,000. Well, wait a second. What happens to the 70, 80, 100, $125,000 a year I make doing my job? Guess what, pal? It's going to take your job because after all, these are the jobs that humans don't want to do. Ladies and gentlemen, when we get back on the next show, we're going to finish up this WEF stuff, and then we're going to jump right back into Dr. Peter Emanuel, and we're going to clear our desk of that fool. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. <laughs> 